You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 36. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, we have a lot of PlayStation news today, just to fit your moniker. I know. For for once, PlayStation did some good things for a week. Yeah. Um, that's kind of new for Sony this year so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone watching live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every week on YouTube. Uh, just search Podcast PXN and you'll find us on there. Uh, the topic of the show this week is the Unreal Engine 5 demonstration on PlayStation 5, as well as some news on PlayStation 5 as well. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week is Paper Mario Origami King has been announced and is releasing July 17th on the Switch. So how... it makes me really happy that we're leading with this story for the record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's been such a quiet time for Nintendo. Um, I guess you could say specifically you and I, because we weren't interested in animal crossing at all. Yep. And I know that that blew up. Um, I mean, there was a lot of non gamers that were playing that during the pandemic and stay at home orders and all that stuff. But it is really cool to see that, um, and I think you can kind of guess why I'm in that mindset. It's not just because I am excited for this game, yeah. but this was one of the things that was leaked by multiple outlets as being one of the Mario titles that's going to come out, so I think this is giving a little bit more truth to that rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I have you ever played a Paper Mario? I meant to ask you that, Daniel. Nope, nope, never played uh, Paper Mario. I've only played the 3D Marios, and then um, actually, I haven't even played all of the 2D Marios. I played uh, probably four or five 2D Mario games. So Paper Mario, it incorporates a lot of like the 2D elements mm. with it, while still kind of having RPG stuff in it. Um, I didn't play any of the ones on the 3DS, but I have played um ones on the game there was one on the gamecube n64 is famous for one um and they're a lot of fun now i don't think they're as good as the uh super mario rpg that came out on the snes yeah but it was kind of like a succession of it uh and this looks really cool very adorable i mean it's mario so you know it's going to be really cool yeah in that sense i like how Everybody in the kingdom seems to be wanting to go to this origami uh, way of still being paper, but not. And Paper Mario is like, no, I don't want to in that trailer. So he still stays paper. Mm. Um, So I thought that was kind of funny. But I'm really excited. I mean, hell, this comes out like in, what, six, seven weeks. That's a quick turnaround from announcement. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't. uh, Nintendo seems to be the only one that does this, uh, where they announce a game and then they're like, "Oh, hey, one or two months later, here you go. Here's the game." It's like Jesus, that was quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 excited for this. Uh, It's definitely something I want to check out. Uh, I will say though, being that it's an RPG, um, it is gonna probably make me hold off on Trials of Mana. I know I spoke that on our last podcast, but. I don't want to get too bogged down with 
too many RPGs at this point. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, it's probably going to be a many-hour experience, like 10, 15, 20-hour experience, so I would expect... Uh, 15 it... to 20, yeah, that's probably a good guesstimate on that. Yeah, so, cool. Uh, this next one, continuing on Nintendo, uh, you, you saw this one where uh, apparently there was a sheet game and a boo game, both in development, that never saw the light of day that uh, kind of leaked out, so I don't know if you want yeah. Yep. Uh, Sammy Hall, who used to be a concept artist for Retro Studios, um, and he's no longer in the gaming industry at all, so he's not really breaking any of, like, embargoes or anything, NDAs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much let leak out that there was a concept for um, two different types of games. One was a spinoff of Zelda, uh, where you played the male version of Sheik, and it was um, an action JRPG. Oh. Uh, which I think kind of fits in very well because a lot of people not only just love the twist of, of Sheik, but also really like the character. Um, I know he's a lot of people's mains when it comes to Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, so I think this would have been a pretty interesting thing, um, especially given how well the other Zelda spinoffs have done. So uh, Legends of Hyrule, which obviously it did horrible in the 3DS because of them porting it, but it was actually a pretty competent uh, game on the Wii U. And then also um, uh, Dance of the Necromancer. They did that expansion that came out like two years ago on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like the Zelda version. Yeah. But the one that I really liked that I thought was really interesting was this Boo game um, that was basically you would be a taking control of a new Boo, learning how to scare um and kind of go it's almost like a reverse luigi's mansion oh uh that's what it kind of sounded like yeah and you and i both like the third one yeah absolutely. Um, so so i think that would be a really cool concept that you would actually take control of a character that's not really given any limelight it's just a character you run away from or look at yeah um to make sure it stops so i i don't know i think it's it was cool that nintendo was kind of playing around with these i just wish they would have come into fruition yeah, I agree. Uh, I think honestly, the the coolest things that come out of Nintendo are like the the games that are kind of very creative and and something that we haven't seen before. So I think those would have been very interesting to kind of diversify their normal uh, portfolio of Mario Kart, Mario, uh, Zelda. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they've done well with spinoffs of stuff and creating new IPs in the last couple of years. So. Yeah. For maybe sure. it's something that they'll look out later down the road. Maybe not these two exact concepts, but yeah. maybe we're going to see for future expansions and deviations from essentially their normal. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered Collection has been announced for September 4th. Uh, so this is kind of fo- uh, a cool announcement. Uh, I played the original uh, probably four games um, back when they came out up to Underground, I think it was the name. Um, but I really liked the original games. They were really good. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. It's also kind of funny though, because, uh, they released a HD version of the, uh, first Tony Hawk game back in 2012 on last gen. And the funny thing is, is that I don't think that game really did any justice to the original. I don't feel like they went far enough with the remaster. Uh, whereas this one looks a lot better. Uh, obviously, that helps with this uh, new console generation uh, compared to last ge- generation. But, uh, 
yeah i'm excited just to see uh how this plays and everything i i don't know if they announced price but uh, i hope this isn't like 60 dollars. is it really it is 60 dollars. Uh, yeah. that I, yeah i'm not a huge fan of that and activision loves their money so i'm sure that they had a hand in that i'm one. not though i do understand some of it so they were yeah. able to secure the rights for a lot of the original music yeah and since a lot of that music is music that I listen to, like Suicide Machines, uh, Screeching Weasels, that type of stuff, yeah. that is very hard to come by because of how old that type of punk is. It is under so many like legal contracts and all that stuff. I kind of get it, mm. if that were to be why they do it. I, obviously, it's not. But if they were ever to say it, at least I would say, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, I'm, I'm as stoked as you are. Like, I loved one and two. I think two is actually my favorite yeah. of the entire series. Um, I obviously we hold or temper expectations because it could end up like five, but I don't see that coming because five was basically built to keep the license more or less uh, for Activision. So yeah. that's why it was so yeah. barren and glitchy as hell. If I remember right, there was like a day one patch that yeah. was bigger than the game itself. Yeah, that's um, insane. So, yeah, so I actually, just from what I'm seeing so far, yeah, am really thinking that this is going to do well um, as far as playability and still holding up, too. Because, yeah, like, I have so much nostalgia for this series, and these games were always, like, top-tier good. Yeah. IGN released some sort of article where they were, like, ranking all the old games right the lowest score i think was three and that was like a 9.2 uh, yeah and and that was uh tony hawk pro skater 5 was uh the th was it three out of ten and yes that game that was awful obviously they cashed that game and they rushed it out and like you said it might have been uh, license related that they had to put out a game in order to continue the license or something like that but yeah that's uh definitely Definitely interesting. Uh, hopefully, we can one day get a new Tony Hawk game that isn't crap. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I'll take this, dude. I mean, the, these games were yeah. masterpieces when they came out. If they're still that that like it scratches that itch more or less, like I have full mm -hmm. faith in this game. Sure, I agree. Uh, moving on, kind uh, kind of funny has announced that they are partnering with Indie Exchange to create Gorilla Collective, which they are calling a uh, basically three days of game announcements, uh, developers, and more. So it's kind of like their uh, kind of funny game showcase that they had uh, in, in the last couple years uh, for E3 time for smaller developers that kind of want to showcase their games. And uh, so they're partnering with them for this this deal, and uh, it's June sixth through the eighth. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think this is just good, just to kind of spotlight the smaller games. I feel like uh, Microsoft did that a little bit with the Inside Xbox last month, um, or this month rather, when uh, people were expecting bigger stuff, and they actually showed off a lot of cool smaller indie stuff. Like this is very much similar to that, where they they aren't going to show off you know, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla gameplay, they're going to show like these smaller games essentially. So, yeah. Speaking of that topic, I'm not very happy with like the internet as a whole with how much crap it's giving Xbox mm. for that event. Um, I, I understand yeah. the Ubisoft back, uh, backlash. I don't like that. They're kind of given all this crap for 
well, they didn't really show anything. Like, dude, there's some games on there that really actually want me to have an Xbox on day one yeah. and play. I mean, The Ascent, IGN did a first. Yes. That looks dope, dude. That yeah. looks good. And the other thing is, is like Microsoft doesn't control what Ubisoft shows for Assassin's Creed Valhalla on their stage. They can't, you know, they can't demand Ubisoft show them something in particular. They're going to give them whatever they give them. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff you can't control. But I agree. I, I think I think the biggest problem was the expectations were too high. And I do think uh, Aaron Greenberg, who's like the head of marketing for Xbox, he even posted about this, that they needed to set their expectation. They needed to set the expectation lower because they did hype it up a little bit uh, too much. And uh, he acknowledged that, which the transparency is nice because they're coming out and saying, yeah, we probably shouldn't have hyped it up as much as we did. We were just excited to show these smaller, cooler games. Um, so I, I guess that's just something they need to learn from uh, moving forward is just, you know, learn when to like go overboard with your hype machine, I guess. Um, yeah i guess i mean i just don't i don't fault them for having the excitement same thing when bringing it back to kind of funny yeah i mean expect obviously smaller gains from there too don't expect this e3 extravaganza but like mm. they'll probably have some dope stuff that's gonna show off that's gonna be like oh man this looks cool yeah i agree um m moving on uh we've got some news uh, uh from some former respawn developers which this is funny i feel like we talk about respawn almost every week at this point uh more or less yeah but uh yeah two of the uh former leads at respawn uh drew mccoy and john shearing uh have created a new studio called gravity well uh i thought this was interesting because with everything going on right now with the uh, COVID-19 virus and everything, I thought it was kind of cool that the way they're creating their studio is they're making it a completely remote-based studio. So essentially, there's no home base. There's no home office. They're all working from home, and they all kind of report to each other. It's very much uh, similar in the in this sense of uh, Moon Studios, uh, who makes Ori, they are all completely remote as well. They don't have a home office uh, as well. So I think this is super cool and maybe is a glimpse into the future of game development possibly because uh, you save so much development costs on not having to maintain uh, a building and paying rent and all of these other uh, expenses that are related to that, especially when uh, it's in an area like L.A. because they're in L.A., like, studio space in LA that's got to be in astronomical pricing so uh yeah I, I think this is super interesting uh for them to yeah. take take advantage of this situation yeah I mean every for the most part every business is going to be adapting and change even at my job it's something that we've been talking about now for the last couple of weeks like the entire landscape of so many fields is going to be so much different after this. Yeah. Um, I really think this is a good start in the right direction for gaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the only downfall would be obviously server space and high-end PC builds yeah. um, and possibly even taking home dev kits because I know that's not really a thing that's supposed to be allowed. Mm -hmm. But with the new systems out here, literally a few months, I don't think that's going to be an issue at the end of the day. No, yeah. 
and I mean, all that equipment that you're buying for them, you would have to buy for them anyways at the at the studio. It would just be at their desk. So it's like it's not really that different um, in that regard. But yeah, I agree. Um, but the other interesting thing is from Respawn. Yes, we have two Respawn news uh, items this week. Uh, Respawn has a new Vancouver studio that was announced, and they will focus entirely on Apex Legends. Uh, I thought that this was interesting because obviously their uh, main team, their A team, so to speak, uh, made Apex Legends and has been uh, supporting it since day one. And what's interesting is here uh, that they're shifting that to this brand new Respawn studio in Vancouver. So my question is, what is the main team at Respawn going to be working on? We know that the second team is is going to be working on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel. So what is the main team working on? Well, they they have publicly because remember there was supposed to be a Titanfall S game that was supposed to come out last uh, fall, fall or winter, yeah, um, and that completely got shelved, which makes sense given the success of Apex. Yep. Um, my guess is they're not a team that's afraid to go into new IP. Yeah. Um, I get it. Apex has a connection to Titanfall, and Star Wars obviously is a giant license in and of itself, but they're trying out new things the way they want to. Yep. So. I don't think it's going to be good for us to predict. I think it'll be some sort of new thing that we don't know what we're going to get yet. Yeah, I agree. And they've obviously shown that they can be successful with literally everything they touch. So, I mean, even that uh, Medal of Honor um, VR game that they announced, even that may end up panning out to be awesome. Like, you know, with how VR's starting to take off that might even you know turn into a big deal um which <laughs> i don't know i still want to see more on that because when they first announced it i wasn't too impressed by it but you know it's respawn at this point i will kind of trust them um, maybe they're the only ones that can actually make metal of honor good again oh yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean the funny thing is is vince Sempella, he started with metal of honor uh he used obviously he used to work with uh he used to found infinity ward with uh with jason west and they infinity ward created metal of honor and then they were uh purchased by activision and then that's when they made call of duty as kind of a similar thing to metal of honor that they kind of copied a little bit off of but it's super interesting how it all comes full circle with Vince Impella going back now uh, to Medal of Honor again. So, yep. Um, moving on, we have some news from Mohang, which, man, this never happens. Uh, Mohang has announced that they have a new name, which is Mohang Studios. They just added studios to the end uh, with a new logo and promise of a new game. I thought this was interesting because they've obviously only been working on, pretty much only been working on Minecraft for the past, what, 10 years, uh, 10 years plus. And they had been working on a uh, a game called Scrolls, which actually had a little bit of a legal issue with Elder Scrolls. Bethesda was uh, freaking out about that with them. And uh, that got shelved a long time ago. But this is kind of interesting that they're finally coming out and saying they're building a new game. Uh, I'm very interested to see what that actually turns into. um, Because it's kind of interesting as well. Because 
every time uh, Microsoft would show their Xbox First Party Studios, they would always uh, put up on the screen Minecraft instead of Moang, which I thought was interesting because every other, um, when you see Xbox Studios logo, it always has all the developers that are a part of that underneath, like 343 Industries, Coalition, etc. But it always had Minecraft uh, for Moang instead of Moang, which I thought is interesting, but it's it kind of makes sense because everyone, you know, recognizes that brand they don't necessarily recognize mowing so maybe this rebrand is them trying to you know um, make people to start thinking about the developer themselves instead of just minecraft yeah um, i mean i'd be surprised if all these minecraft obsessed kids even know that it's made by mohang oh yeah i guarantee they don't <laughs> um so moving on, this is a great news story. I'm excited about this, and I know you are as well. Uh, Mafia Trilogy has been announced, and actually the first two pieces of that has already released as of today. Actually, yesterday I think it came out. But uh, Mafia 2 Definitive Edition and Mafia 3 Definitive Edition, both of those are out now. So if you buy the trilogy, you get those two games plus Mafia 1 Definitive Edition, which we'll talk about here in a second. But 2 is essentially a 4K up-res of the original game, so it's not like a complete remaster treatment or anything like that. It's mainly just them up-resing it to 4K and... Uh, they may, may have touched it a little bit, but I don't really think they did a whole lot with it, seeing the um, trailers for it. But I'm still very excited to go back to that game, because I loved Mafia 2 uh, very much. And Mafia 3 is coming with all the DLC that released for it as well, uh, which I really, really liked the story for Mafia 3, but the gameplay uh kind of killed it for me because it was repetitive and stuff i'm kind of interested to go back to it though because i really want to finish that story i never went back to it to finish it um so maybe this will be an opportunity for me to do that and then uh so then i don't know do you want to talk about those two before we go into the the first game definitive edition uh no i'm not a fan of the mafia series personally you son it, of a gun i thought you were excited for this i find it sluggish and repetitive personally now i did not play the third one um just because i had no interest the only thing that even drove me to the play the first one was the fact that it was like set in 1940s 1920s whatever it was like gangster times basically yeah um but yeah i'm it's gonna be a pass for me did you play two uh, no, I only played one, and I wasn't that impressed with it. So it just man, a lot of times it's very hard for me to give a series a chance after I didn't like the first game. Oh man, the two is from what I hear. I never played the original, but from what I hear, uh, one was nowhere near as good as the second one. I love the second one. I like it's it's a top tier story for me from last generation, and it it was even like the gameplay was really good. Like, I didn't understand how they went from really good gameplay in 2 to, like, gameplay that was lackluster in 3. That was kind of what threw me off and kind of irritated me. But, anyways, uh, I feel like this this next one, uh, the Mafia 1 Definitive Edition, could possibly be something that you would be interested in because they're essentially taking Mafia 1 
and doing the Resident Evil 2 treatment. They are completely rebuilding the game from the ground up. Uh, they have a new script with new new dialogue, new backstories, new cutscenes, new gameplay, uh, and it's in the Mafia 3 engine, which the Mafia 3 engine is absolutely beautiful. Like, that game looks really good, even though it came out, you know, four-ish four years ago now. Uh, but it, it looks really good, Mafia 3, so this... <laughs> I cannot wait. Like, after seeing that trailer, I am stoked to play this, especially since I never played the original. Obviously, uh, it wasn't as good as the other ones, but if they can do, like, a Resident Evil 2 type of remake and make it really good, I I am very excited for this. Um, and that's coming yeah, I just, August. I don't know if it's going to get me back in. I, yeah. And that's no offense to them, like, obviously going back at it fixing a lot of things which i respect it's just it's not something that interests me really these days anymore well maybe when it comes out we can convince you uh it's so the first game's coming august 28th and uh so essentially if you buy the trilogy you'll get access to mafia 2 and 3 right now and then when that the first game uh remake comes out on august 28th you'll get access to that as well so um moving on uh from there we have iron man vr releasing july 3rd so we finally have a release date for iron man vr thank god uh it's still a little far but yeah oof, i'm so much looking forward to this yeah uh hopefully it does not get delayed again yeah uh which is a very real possibility but yeah i mean this is the vr game i've been looking forward to this year is this uh psvr exclusive correct Ugh, i want to play this as well but i can't play it because i don't have psvr damn it well look at it moss was a psvr exclusive oh, true. Uh, beat saber was an oculus exclusive so a lot of these vr games just due to obviously not having the install base of necessarily a pc or an actual console themselves yeah it's i look i hate they should just go to what like we used to always give microsoft crap for which yeah. saying timed exclusivity that's right. all it should be called yep yeah my god don't get me started with that we get, oh yes timed exclusivity and uh console launch exclusive people will get pissed off about and it's like do you not want them to be transparent or i'm confused like I always get confused when people are are confused by console launch exclusive. I, th I feel like that's pretty clear. It means you're launching exclusively on console on this platform. It means it's also coming to PC. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, that's another day. That's another topic for another day. Uh, moving on. Ghost of Tsushima had a state of play gameplay reveal uh looked really really good they have a few uh, combat styles too that that sounds very interesting they have like a uh kind of like a run and gun approach i'll call it not obviously it's not a shooter but like that type of aggressive gameplay style and then they have a stealth based uh gameplay style which i think is very interesting because i personally always love to play stealth if i can in a game that's why i love splinter cell and all the you know stealth based games and uh i will definitely if uh, right now i'm i'm almost 100 percent all in on ghost of tsushima uh, mainly because i think i'm skipping last of us too uh, as dirty as that sounds, 
Um, but I think I'm all in on uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and I will definitely play Stealth. Stealth all the way. You'll play, so um, we got a little bit more clarification. So the, the two modes you're referring to is basically you go into it attacking like a samurai where you duel, um, and it almost looks like uh, kind of a mix between Assassin's Creed combat and Batman combat. Mm-hmm. And then you have what's called the Ghost, which is you being stealth and almost dishonorable. Yeah. Uh, which, which is what, how it was described. Um, I'm completely but, dishonorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it, it was very interesting to see because I, yeah. I don't think you ever played this game, but it was on the PS2 hmm. or PS1 called Tenchu. Um, and mm-hmm. it was a, a, a Japanese game where you were a samurai uh, and, or I guess more or less a ninja, but it reminded me a lot of that. So like a lot more, mobility and sneaking and gadgets as opposed to kind of just that brute force yeah um but my god did that game look pretty dude yeah oh my just everything that's going on around you um i i actually really like and maybe you kind of think this too the take that i think they took a lot from breath of the wild as far as minimalism yes um so like your cursor or your waypoint is determined by not just the line that's on your screen, but it would be like the wind, uh, like doing a gust of wind or um, a fox. Like if you see a fox out in the wild, it's going to lead you to a shrine Um, or even a bird that's going to fly kind of down towards you by you and your horse. If you follow that bird, it's going to lead you to some sort of thing that you want to check out. Uh, I thought there was a really interesting way to do that. Yeah. Uh, Something I've never actually seen before. Like them actually using, I guess, nature to their advantage. Yeah, for sure. Completely. Yeah, and then they, I, I don't know if you ever watched any of like old samurai movies uh, from very, very long ago, but yeah. I really like from the get go, you can basically put it in this mode where it's like letterbox, black and white. And so the entire game feels like you're playing yeah. a movie. Yes, I, I did see that. That looks super cool. Uh, yeah and the art style the art style is just like unbelievable like you were saying breath of the wild like influences like it definitely has that almost like it's not cell shaded but it has like almost like touches of that uh, so to speak i don't know it just looks it looks original like something we've not really seen before yeah i mean and i know i was talking about this earlier like i don't know if i want another samurai game I mean, I had Sekiro last year. I had Neo 2 this year already. But this looks completely different than both of those games. Yeah. Um, which I guess I should figure because it is Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch isn't going to make an action JRPG more or less like those two are. Yep. Um, but it does look like definitely something that I think that should be on everyone's radar because I think Sucker Punch already has a name for itself, especially with what they've done with Infamous. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to put themselves on the next level with this game. Yeah, I agree completely. And, well, I don't know. I'm not going to go back into what I was about to say. Uh, But I'm very excited. And Sucker Punch is definitely rising on my list of uh, PlayStation developers. And uh, there may be another developer that is falling dramatically for me uh, at the moment. Um, You have yet to play it. No judgments yet. I, I know. But I'm just telling you that from everything I've seen... It's not good. And I this is you're talking to the person that loved Uncharted 1 through 3. Like 
Oh, well, four, really. I literally bought a PlayStation 3 because of Uncharted, because of Naughty Dog, because of The Last of Us, because of those games. And, yeah, yeah not, not, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyways, moving on to finish our uh, PlayStation segment, uh, there was a test build that has come out this week showing gears of war 3 running on a playstation 3 so this is kind of funny because obviously gears of war uh, has always been an xbox exclusive uh other than pc obviously um but uh this test build was apparently uh created by epic uh using unreal engine 3 just kind of testing unreal engine 3 with the playstation 3 because obviously there are developers out there that were using Unreal Engine 3 that were making games on PlayStation 3. So they had to make sure that they had to make sure that the tools that they're creating are, you know, up to standards for PlayStation 3 because it's a multi-platform game engine. Obviously, Epic's only game at the time was Gears of War. That was the only game they were working on. They worked on Gears uh, 1 through Judgment. So uh, obviously, they had to put something on there, so it just makes sense for them to to use a game that they've already created in order to do that. Um, it was kind of funny though because Cliff Blazinski on Twitter, he's he was the cre- creative guy, the head uh, head creative guy at Epic uh, for the whole Gears of War franchise until Microsoft bought it, and uh, he didn't even know that this existed. He said he responded to the news story about this saying. I'm 99% sure this isn't real uh, or I just didn't know about it or something. And then it ended up coming out that Epic confirmed that it was real, that they just made it for testing purposes for the Unreal Engine. And uh, he he responded something like, uh, oh, yeah, I guess I was wrong. There we go. (laughs) But it's just it's kind of funny. I just just think it's funny that like of all games to test, this is your test game for the PlayStation 3. Uh, I mean, you and I were talking about the fact that if Microsoft didn't, if this could have been a multi-platform property anyways, Microsoft yeah. was just smart to make sure they basically latch it up and yeah. keep it. Now, especially with the Coalition, the ones well, who are going to be, for the foreseeable future, always working on it. Yep. Honestly, and honestly, Microsoft lucked out with how it worked out because Epic was in a tough situation financially at the time because Fortnite was literally in development hell at that time. And they had no games come out. They Gears of War Judgment was their last game that they released. And they were working on Fortnite for over seven years at the time. And they had to, they literally had to sell the Gears of War IP because they were running out of money. They were, I was reading stuff about how they were in financial turmoil because of, uh, uh, because they weren't releasing anything. Fortnite wasn't coming it, uh, coming together as well as they had hoped. Uh, Cliff Blazinski ended up leaving uh, Epic at the time, so they were in trouble, and Microsoft kind of lucked out that they kind of got a bargain, essentially, for the Gears of War IP that I think they bought it for like uh, one point something billion or something, which that sounds like a lot, but that's really not in terms of a blockbuster video game franchise, you know? Um, Man, how times have changed now for Epic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they're in the complete opposite situation that uh, Fortnite has just blown up now that after the whole Battle Royale thing. Because remember, Fortnite wasn't originally a Battle Royale game. They pivoted that after the success of PUBG. 
And uh, it, yeah, it definitely took off for them, and they ended up banking on that, literally. Um, but yeah. Moving on to our final news story, uh, Eurogamer has confirmed that this year's Call of Duty game is Black Ops Cold War, uh, which there has been some in-game hints of Cold War era items in Warzone, uh, which is the Modern Warfare Battle Royale. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that they kind of are placing some teases in there. It's kind of, it's kind of puzzling though that they're doing that in Warzone because uh, Blackout is still a thing, uh, which is Black Ops 4's battle royale mode, and uh, you'd think that they would put it in there since it's a Black Black Ops game. But I guess it makes sense because it's the most current game. Um, but yeah, I don't know how many people are playing Blackout at this point. True, with especially Warzone is completely free true um yes. you don't need anything true. besides just your system and yep. you can just start playing it very true and i i'm not even sure what they're gonna do with this because the cold war really wasn't a war right am i wrong no but as far as missions i guarantee it's just gonna be a lot of like standard black ops missions yeah. um I'm, I'm speaking only from playing the first two mm-hmm. but like a lot of things that happen i'm putting sorry i'm I'm using quotes but that happened that were like on a battlefield but won't really like announce on the battlefield that type of stuff gotcha <laughs> that makes sense yeah yeah i'm just surprised honestly they're i guess i shouldn't be but like still making a game because the only thing that i've heard is just especially during this pandemic is how many people are playing cod my friends um, that i've said before that we were all hooked on Apex. They don't play Apex anymore. They all play COD now. Really? <laughs> yeah, they all play Warzone. Wow. Jesus. I mean, it, it literally does. It takes over the world. Uh, even though it's not the best game per se, uh, it still is immensely popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I think cost obviously has a huge factor with that, which good for them for being smart to release it for free because I can only imagine that regardless of it being a freemium game and having microtransactions yeah they're all if they're smart now you can confirm this um if they're smart it's only cosmetic items just like apex is yes and you can when people love those games people spend dimes on them then yep that's true and yes it is all cosmetic so uh maybe halo infinite will learn from this but they've they've been on record saying no battle royale so we'll see we'll see what happens there uh moving on to the games we are playing uh i completed my legendary run of halo combat evolved anniversary on the master chief collection so i've already beaten all the halo games um individually in the past on legendary like um, when I played them on Xbox and Xbox 360 and all that, but I had never beaten the entire saga on Master Chief Collection on Legendary. So I've been trying to, I, I started to do my run on Legendary, completed Halo CE on Legendary uh, solo, mind you. I had already completed on co-op uh, Legendary. There's only one hard mission solo. We both know that. On CE? Yeah. Oh God, no! There's like two or three that no, are freaking ridiculous. The library ridiculous. is the only hard mission solo. The library? That's the easiest one. You're crazy. You you probably that is the hard. 
no, that you, one gave me so much trouble you, when I was younger. You probably don't know like the secret to that level, which is super freaking easy. You literally you can shoot the um, first reactor and then jump up onto the platform, go over to the next one, hit it real quick, shoot it, run to the other side, do the same thing. You can do all four in literally like 30 seconds and then run out the door and you're good. <laughs> that's cheap. You shouldn't yeah. cheese it. Hey, that it works. I That's the way I did it. And that's the way I've always done it because it's super easy. The hardest freaking mission for me was uh, uh, Truth and Reconciliation when you have the uh, sniper. You start the mission with the sniper because you run out of sniper ammo and you freaking you have nothing. There was one part of the mission where I had one bar of health left and I had no freaking weapons. I had no health packs anywhere at, th at this section of the mission. I literally probably died a hundred times. I was getting so frustrated because uh, I was stuck at the one bar of health, but I was far enough into the level where I was like, I'm not restarting this level because it'll take me forever to get back here again. So I literally- If I remember back. correctly, that's mission two, right? Uh, Truth and Reconciliation is level three because three. technically Sorry, two, two is, is Halo. Yeah, two, two is Halo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see that one? I didn't think that was- I thought the hardest part was the end when you're in the ship. And I think yeah. on Legendary, it is at least one hunter, maybe two. Yeah, there's more than that. There's two in each area. I think there's a total of four on that mission. Because uh, you have you have to fight two in like the first area, and then you have two more. And then actually they drop in. Now that I'm remembering, there's two that drop in from the ship, too. So there's actually six on that level. Oh, yeah, I forgot it outside in the ship. I was talking yep. about inside the ship. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I forgot you do fight them on the outside, too. Yep. 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 Um, but, yeah. So, I, I'm i just trying to get through that. I actually started to uh, play Halo 2 Anniversary, uh, and I watched the opening cinematic, and then I, my, a friend wanted me to play, so I stopped it. But, my God, the blur cinematics in Halo 2 Anniversary are fucking amazing. Pardon my language. Amazing. I absolutely love blur blur animation. They do amazing amazing work. So that's that's all I got pretty much. <laughs> oh, okay, I was gonna say I didn't know since you didn't update it. I did have uh, I did I I have been playing Rust still with my friend. Uh, we've been kind of you know toiling with that. Uh, we are learning a lot in that game, and it's it's actually pretty fun. Uh, kind of messing with people. So. Wow, you are a real-life troll now. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and you own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have done, in my eyes, the impossible, finally. Um, not only did I beat God of War uh, like I wanted to, Yeah. Um, I actually uh, got the level 6 for your Leviathan Axe, which I never, because I didn't want to ever look up a strategy guide for it, because I yeah. just... That game was so immersive, and I just loved doing what I was doing. Um, but it was in Niflheim, and you had to unlock a certain chest to find it, more or less. You don't get anything besides, like, I think 20 extra strength. Um, but the caveat is, I finally beat the one mission I could never beat, which was the Valkyrie. Yeah. So throughout the game, there's eight Valkyries you have to find, uh, and you have to beat them. And they're probably the hardest enemies in the game. I was able to do that even in the hard mode. Um, hmm. I couldn't, once you get all them, you turn them in essentially to the council, the Valkyries and the main hub world. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then you have to fight the queen, uh, and she <laughs> is next to impossible. Uh, I could maybe get two slivers of health because in two hits she kills you. Oh Jesus! Um, she does the same thing on New Game Plus when I was playing it on easy, but this time around, <laughs> I actually took. I didn't realize. I guess I must have just was not thinking. Yeah, she does the abilities of each valkyrie uh so i was able to finally take what i took what i learned from those uh fights and actually apply it and i beat her on my second time and it felt like a dark souls victory to me where i'm just like thank you god i finally did this yeah kind of uh, like it was actually a cool little cutscene at the end that is really kind of major story spoilers which now makes me question a lot of things about the next god of war Wait, there's an an extra scene like when you complete everything? No, there's an it's a scene of dialogue that a main character in the game may not be who you think they are. What? So, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. I went online afterwards, and they're like, "I'm uh, trying to think what." It's not you're not talking about like. Um... I don't know how to put this without spoiling it, but the character who appears at the end, right? Uh, no, 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 not that. It's a character that is that was in the game from maybe like the second hour on. She, the witch, basically. Oh, uh, I do remember reading something about that, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, when I'm reading into it, I was just like, oh, yeah. shit. So things might be a little different in the sequel. If that gets applied, I don't know if it will, but yeah, yeah, it was very interesting to find that out. Obviously, like a year and a half later. That's that's funny. That's kind of funny. Uh, all right. Well, I guess is that all you have for games you're playing? Uh, yeah, I I haven't gotten in anything else. Um, I don't. I honestly have no idea what's gonna be on my docket for yeah. the next like week or so. Yeah. Same. I may end up uh, if I if I get the Mafia trilogy, which I probably will. I'll, I'll probably dive back into that because I loved Mafia too. I would honestly. I really need to check out the DLC for Borderlands. I bought it and still have yet to check it out. Yeah, I didn't even buy the DLC. I'm I'm just gonna wait for them to like discount it because I don't want to give Randy Pitchford any more money than I have to. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, this is this is the Randy Pitchford shit show. Moving on to the topic of the show, uh, PlayStation Five had a official an official unveiling last week with the Unreal Engine Five demonstration. Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, Sony has confirmed that uh, PlayStation Five is confirmed that it is going to be releasing this fall, and it's still on track for that. And the coronavirus is not affecting that. We just talked about on our last show how Microsoft said the same thing, that Xbox Series X is still tracking to release this fall. Uh, so it sounds like next-gen consoles still coming this fall. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know I don't know if you've heard about the uh, China um, like virus uh, issues. Like, not, not the China virus. Like, the virus in China is, like, starting to heat back up again. Um, so I don't know if you've heard that, that they've actually shut down some more areas again for like a second wave. So I'm yes, kinda, I have heard of that. I'm kind of interested to see if that has an effect because, you know, if things get shut down again, are these consoles going to come? I don't know. 
Yeah, because again, like we have said, regardless of our like fanboyness you want to accuse us of or affiliation, yeah. they use basically they have sister parts, if you will. Yeah. Um, or they they borrow more or less. So it's if one is affected, the other is affected as well. Yeah, absolutely. They're, it's not like they're you, they're probably you know manufacturing in plants that are very close to one another, or maybe even the same plant. I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, they also uh, Sony also announced that they are expected to make major game announcements soon. Uh, I believe that came from the CEO, I believe. Is that right? Yes, you are correct. Okay. Um, so th- that's very good news. Obviously, we're very excited to see what they have. Uh, I still think Horizon Zero Dawn 2 will be a launch title. Um, I'm not sure what else will be a launch title, just based on uh, what their studios have been working on and when their last games came out. They're the only ones that I feel like uh, is kind of an obvious one, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know who else would be there at launch, but I'm very interested to see what they have to show us. I would agree. I mean, I think a lot of it is going to be more or less the same rounds of Microsoft, uh, where they rely on a lot of third-party deals and also um, indie developers to kind of get you excited for that stuff. Um, So I'm not expecting the world uh, when it comes to whatever the announcements are, but... Like I was just saying, I I really just want to see some cool stuff. Yeah, I agree completely. And speaking of seeing cool stuff... You uh, like that? I did that for a reason. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Unreal Engine 5 has been demonstrated uh, as of last week. So we got a very deep dive into the PlayStation 5 uh, using the Unreal Engine 5 demo. Uh, so this is exciting, exciting news for the future of games because obviously a ton of studios use Unreal Engine. It's it's like the de facto game engine nowadays. Uh, Unity is often used by indie, independent developers because it's a lot uh, smaller engine. It's easier to manage, but Unreal Engine is usually used by uh a good portion of triple a game developers uh that don't have their own proprietary in-house engine um so this is very exciting and they did say that the unreal engine 5 will not launch until 2021 so developers won't get their hands on it until 2021 um but i feel like this is definitely setting the groundwork for the future and obviously that tech demo looked absolutely beautiful and stunning and the funny I thing, I want that game, dude. Yeah, I don't think that's a game, though. I think that's just you know scripted stuff. Oh, hundred percent. But it looked like what, like imagine what a Tomb Raider game would be with that. Yeah, because if you remember their Unreal Engine four de- uh, demonstration that they did on PlayStation four, it showed um, it showed like a guy with a cigar, a cigar, and he almost looked like cyberpunk ish. So it was almost like a cyberpunk-esque game, but then it wasn't an actual game. It was just a, a tech demonstration, which I feel like that's kind of, uh, you know, this tech is very, very cool, and I love seeing this stuff. But at the same time, you have to also think in your head, this stuff is still years away. The Unreal Engine 5 is coming out 2021, which means we probably won't see any games that actually utilize it until 2023, maybe. You know, it takes time for the developers to actually utilize the tools um, because the current the games that are currently in development are just using Unreal Engine 4. 
because uh, that's what they have available right now. Um, so we just yeah. kind of have to and, keep that in mind. And you could also tell this was something that if Sony, when we got all the tech announcements and stuff like that, you can, in my mind at least, you could tell this was something that was supposed to either follow it or be kind of hand in hand with it. Yeah. Um, just unfortunately, Corona kind of screwed all that up. Yeah, it was supposed so to maybe, be GDC, they said. Yeah, so maybe the negative press that Sony's been getting throughout like the first half of this year might have been better for them. Um, obviously, Microsoft was able to adapt, whereas Sony didn't. Right. Um, but I would say this is a win for Sony this week, 100%, with just one, your name's associated with just draw, draw, jaw-dropping gorgeousness. Right. Um, not just from the graphics itself, which, I mean, dude, I thought I was watching a movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, also with the sound, the lighting, I, they kept calling it the program Lumen. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, I mean, just having that associated is a huge win for them. I can't imagine what it's going to be in the end. Because one of the best launch games that either console had was, um, oh, God, why can't I think of the name? House Marquee Game. Oh, uh, uh, Resogun. Resogun, yes. And you'd maybe some people are saying like, well, why am I just eating what uh, Colin's telling me from old kind of funny and IGN? Yeah. I would say, no, it was because of what Resogun was doing on the screen for you. All the particle effects was insane yeah. when that first came out. And I, I just judging even on those statues, the, what was going on in the foreground or even the sound, yeah. like that's the stuff that is next gen to the, 10th level for us absolutely Um, and i think we're only going to keep seeing how that improves and uh another thing to because i see i saw the comments um fanboys are annoyingly stupid you have playstation fanboys saying oh look at this you guys don't get this and xbox fanboys saying oh you guys suck and this looks awful it's like you guys are stupid. This is a multi-platform game engine. This this is a platform an engine that will run on all next generation and PC. This isn't a PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, game engine. Like people people drive me insane when they like argue about stupid stuff like this and and act like they know what they're talking about and they don't. Like that literally makes me annoyed like seeing both sides of the fanboyism. Uh, coming out in that and uh, Tim Sweeney uh, who's um, like the head of honcho of like the technical side at Epic Games he even came out and said yes uh, Unreal Engine 5 is coming to PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X and PC and it will look phenomenal on all platforms and it's sad that he has to clarify that but anyways uh, so he did. He did say that uh, and say how you know gorgeous it's going to look on on everything. But yes, yeah, this I is mean a it's huge... it's like the same thing we talk about when it comes to like certain gets. I mean that's yeah. what this really was for Sony. That's why I say yeah. it's a win. Absolutely, like um, the fact that Xbox is being associated right now with Valhalla, yes. or even technically, I guess you could say Cyberpunk, which is coming out. Yep, like no one's saying Cyberpunk's not coming out on PS4 right. or even PS5 when it comes out. Like, it's just a good get to get your name associated with that brand. And I think Sony did a smart move by this is the first time we've really seen this level of next gen be associated with any of the consoles. Yep. And boom, you got associated with it. That's awesome. Yep. 
Absolutely. It's it's all marketing. It's all it is. Yeah. Because they're they're just trying to get mind share, and that's and that's yeah. The casual audience doesn't really you know pick up on that as much. They kind of see that, and they're like, oh, it's that. And they kind of Microsoft did that with Call of Duty uh, last generation, and and Sony did that with Call of Duty this generation. It's just how people associate certain games with your platform. So, um, yeah. Very excited for that, and uh, two straight episodes of uh, exciting next-gen stuff. I'm very, 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 very excited for July. So, Halo Infinite draws near, Sean. I have a feeling I might have to take it back as far as what I was saying a couple weeks ago. I think you're right. There's going to be some big stuff coming in June. Yeah, I agree. The drops just keep getting more and more with this information, so I I don't see any reason why they're going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, and with them making that comment about seeing games soon, I think uh, we very well could see that June Sony event that shows off PlayStation 5, the actual console, and then uh, shows games as well. Um, And then we'll pretty much be leading from that into July where we get Microsoft first party. It's going to be an exciting two months, let me just say. So, uh, yeah, I agree. That's it, guys. Uh, That is the end of the show. Appreciate you guys coming out to support the show. Remember, you can watch us live on YouTube each week. Uh, Just search Podcast PXN. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast PXN, uh, Facebook as well, Podcast PXN there. Um, really appreciate you guys coming out again and much love and keep on gaming. Deuces. <laughs>